Sirius XM Sports Podcasts presents Mad Dog's Daily Bite with Christopher Russo. And good afternoon, everybody! We'll do a little baseball right now, and I missed it the other day, so I'll do it here because I'm annoyed by Muncie, who's a clown anyway. But, you know, uh, I understand that LaRusa is 76 years of age, and, you know, he's a curmudgeon, and, you know, LaRusa is one of those guys that, uh, you know, he knows more baseball than you, and he's going to make sure you know that. So I, I do think there is an essence of that with Tony, where, you know, if you question his moves, he'll get defensive, and, you know, you know he has an answer to everything. He, he never gives you you know what's a good point? I didn't think of that. Maybe you're right. I could have done. Never. Oh, no, 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 no. If you question Tony, you know, you're going to get an earful on the other end. So I understand. And last year he had that issue when he got upset one of his players when he swung at 3-0 and hit the big home run. You remember that? And everybody yelled and screamed when he gave the kid the take sign. And the kid uh, didn't do the take sign. He hit the home run. And LaRusso got mad after the game and called him out for not playing the game the right way. Now, LaRusso was 100% correct on that. And every, you know, writer in the country said, LaRusso, you don't get it. This is not the way the game works. Let the kid have fun. No, 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 no. There's a right way to play the game and a wrong way to play the game. And LaRusso happened to be right. And that kid, by the way, later on in the summer got sent down to the minor leagues. And I believe he's out of baseball right now. So, to be fair. To be fair. Now, LaRusa on Thursday, we did not get into this Thursday. It was the White Sox and the Dodgers. Um, I, I don't know why we missed it, you know, but we didn't get into it. I wasn't watching the game. Uh, I read about it and followed it. And Bill Zimmerman, uh, when I was uh, out that night, made sure he texted me the White Sox fan beloved that he is out in Casper said the game is past LaRusso by he's got to go and he Bill's a pretty good baseball guy so I said geez what did he do here and then I found out and I asked Bill and Bill said well he walked Turner um you know with with two strikes and then Muncie had a three-run homer and I said geez really that, that, I can't defend that well then and I read every then I read all the stories saying the exact same thing it's funny about how not one person now blame it on me I should have picked it up myself it's my job but not one person gave you the whole full texture of the story you know he walked Turner and you we can argue that all night but he whether he should have with two strikes or not but he walked Turner in the middle of an at bat right he didn't walk Turner with a base open throughout the whole at bat and then he decided to walk him when the count was one and two which is what I thought he did why he had a base open and he pitched three pitches to him and then he walked him I didn't I don't understand that how is why would he do that he walked him after Freddie Freeman went to second on a wild pitch so he walked him in the middle of an at bat with two strikes now you can debate walking him and it's not like Trey Turner I know he, the Dodgers love him and I understand that he's never hit in a postseason I think he's a little overrated but he won a batting championship and you know the Dodgers think he hits three and everything else got great speed and the game was a 6-5 game in the middle innings so you know you have to pitch to him with two strikes I'm not necessarily trying to defend it but you got to be fair. When the base becomes open in the middle of the at bat, it becomes a different analysis than if the base is not open or the, where the base is open at the beginning of the at bat. If Turner gets up there, second and third, he throws two strikes on him and then he walks him with first base open throughout the at bat, you say, geez, really? Why, why would you pitch to him anyway if you had the base? So you walk him right away. Why, why go one and two and then walk him if the base was open at the beginning of the at bat? That was not the case here. The case, the base became open at one and two. So although I disagree with it, it's not as egregious. 
All right, so that's number one. Uh, number two, how about Muncie, who, by the way, was hitting 150. Muncie, who's yelled at Bumgarner over and over again, and I don't want to pick on the Dodgers, but I got Max Muncie now, who is a patch on LaRusse's ass. I got Max Muncie running around the bases, yelling and screaming at LaRusse. How dare you calling him all sorts of names with that awful language? I, I got Max Muncie doing this. That is a Hall of Fame manager across the way. It's one of the great managers in the history of baseball. When you buy a ticket, Max, and buy is all you're going to do, when you buy a ticket to visit Cooperstown, you're going to visit La Russa because he's won three championships. He's won three World Series, and, 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 and he won three total, and he's won, both, he's won a championship in both leagues. He did a great job with the White Sox in the 80s. He was an unbelievably good manager with the A's, and you know, and he handled that whole thing with uh, Eckersley well when he gave up the Gibson home run. And then he went to St. Louis to, fi- to follow Herzog, and he won two more titles. So And last year, he came back after this long hiatus and took a team that didn't know how to win and won a division. So the idea that this is some peon who nobody's ever heard of and is some basically scrub managing the White Sox and you running around the bases screaming and yelling at the top of your voice, look at me and that jerk over there, give me a freaking break, son. Huh? That is, and I said it on TV today, so if you think that this is just me on the radio and I let go on nonsense, I killed him on TV because that I'm not putting up with. Right. There is a, and this is the same Muncie who, let's be honest, with Bumgarner, who, by the way, is another guy that Muncie can't hold, there's not a patch on his ass. Bumgarner is one of the great World Series pitchers, postseason pitchers, not in his time, in the history of the sport. Koufax. That's a, now Bumgarner is not as good in the regular season, and he could be a hothead. But as far as his postseason acumen is concerned, go look it up. Nobody is as good as him. He is unbelievable. He can anybody out in postseason play. I mean, I'll give you game. You want me to recite the games? I'll give them to you. Pitch by pitch. And I'm capable. I was there for half of them, including game seven in Kansas City. So the idea that, you know, somehow Max Muncie with his 156 batting average, and Muncie's had a good career. You know, he's used properly. They, they, you know, they give him proper rest. They, you know, he takes pitches and all that. And, you know, he didn't play last year in a postseason. So we understand that. But for, so, but and maybe you want to say it was Bumgarner's fault when he basically told, uh, when Muncie told Bumgarner to go pick up the ball that I just, you just threw me that, that's now in McCovey Cobe when he ran around the bases and, and Bumgarner got ticked off at him. But, you know, and you can argue who's more at fault there, the hothead Bumgarner or Muncie showing him up. This is Bumgarner now. But now that Bumgarner shows up LaRusso, I'm done with him. I am done with him. I am going to watch that guy like a freaking hawk. The same guy who this year let a ground ball go right through his legs at second base to give the Phillies a huge win in Philadelphia about two weeks ago. Let's not forget that either. So he can make a mistake too. So I'm that da- I am completely down on him. But the idea that Max Muncy, little old Max Muncy, who in ten years you're never going to remember who he is, runs around the bases to yell at Larusa. I mean, come on, you want to sit there and tell me that Larusa is stubborn? Yes. You want to tell me that Larusa can at times be a little uh, arrogant and uh, condescending? I'll buy it. Uh, buy it, 100%. Now, he's as loyal as the day is long, and he's a good guy, But which is the biggest surprise I had in my life, knowing because everybody doesn't like LaRusso, but he worked for MLB for about three or four years, so I was with him on three or four years, and he was always loyal, always. 
you know, Tony, can, I, can you come on high heat? You got it, Chris, when you need me. Always. If he likes you, you're his best buddy forever. But the one thing about LaRusso that you cannot argue with, he knows what he's doing. Okay? He knows how to manage a ball game. Did he make a mistake here? All right. You know, I would have pitched a tournament with two strikes, but the bat is different after the wild pitch. And if you think not, you're, pay, you're not paying attention. Yeah, because it's definitely different. But I can't listen to Max Muncy under any circumstances. And but speaking of which, I am not going to be that bothered by the Dodgers, who right now are 37 and 23. They have not hit in a long time. They left guys on base all weekend at San Francisco. They got swept by the Giants, 7-2, 3-2, and 2-0. They were fortunate to beat the White Sox 2 out of 3. And last week, they let the Mets walk out of there with a split when they had those two pitchers, Orias and Bueller, pitching against the, against the Mets back end of that rotation. Bueller is now out in until September with arm issues. You're not going to see him for eight weeks. Eight weeks. In previous years, they've always gone out there to make big trades to fortify their team. Last year, they made that trade with Washington to get, obviously, Turner and Scherzer. In the off year, they brought in Bauer. I mean, this is a team that they bought Darvish in one year from Texas. This is a team that always, they have more money than God, $330 million payroll. The A's have $33 million. The The Brewers have 90. They have a $330 million payroll. They got more money than they can shake a stick at. They've won only one championship in 40 years. And now the Dodgers, who are going to look to go get a pitcher because they need one. I mean, uh, Gonsolin isn't the answer. If you, and anyway, if anybody in America thinks that Tony Gonsolin is going to beat the Grama Scherzer, if healthy, in a championship series at City Field, Tony Gonsolin, who has basically been awful in postseason play, that I got to see. That I got to see. Kershaw's going to throw five innings and get the hell out of there. Who knows with Bueller? Arias is excellent, but, you know, last year he got a little tired. Who knows how they're going to utilize him? Dustin May is out. I don't know where they're going to—what, Andrew Haney? I mean, where are they going to get a starting pitcher in a big spot? They, who, who would have ever thought a franchise in L.A. of Koufax and Drysdale, okay? Sutton and Messersmith, Fernando— who would have ever thought that this franchise would need a pitcher? They need a couple of them. And I do not know where they are getting them. I do not know. The charm has worn off the Dodgers a little bit. I think that's a big, I think that's a big point here. I think the charm has worn off. You know, they spent a fortune on payroll. Nobody wants to root for them. Bauer. They got greedy with the trade last year. Scherzer had nothing, and he bailed in the NLCS against Atlanta. Uh, you know, they brought Freeman in for $168 million. Did they really need Freddie Freeman? Really? I mean, they gave Betts $400 million. I mean, the, and, they've, and remember, they've been there since 88. You know, they got all that mathematic nonsense, the analytics. Last year, they, they, had the, they had the opener against San Francisco in game five, and they brought a Riasin out of the bullpen, which drove everybody crazy, trying to reinvent the game. They got all the kids with the Schwinn bikes coming from UCLA with the hair just washed and a UCLA blue and sweatshirt, taking the Dodgers stadium, looking at their data process nonsense all day, trying to figure out what some guy hits on two one pitches when the sun is down in the fifth inning with guys on first and second. I mean, really? And they got one championship. And they have $330 million. You give me $330 million to put together a team, I don't need a guy with the Schwinn bike. I'll find, my, I'll find some players. You give me $330 million and everybody else in the division has spent one hundred and fifty, or and not, not necessarily in this case, but generally speaking in the sport, I'll figure out a way to get a lot of good players. Trust me. A lot of good players. At Max Muncy, he owes Lou Rooster an apology. 
That's a phony. I don't care what he thinks. I don't care what the network thinks either. That really bothered me. Running around the bases, cursing his head off at Larusa, and then crossing home plate, looking behind him and yelling at him. Really? Max Muncie? Max Muncie? You couldn't pick him out of a lineup. That's a Hall of Fame manager over there. Want more Chris Russo? Listen to Mad Dog Unleashed weekdays from 3 to 6 p.m. Eastern on Mad Dog Sports Radio, Sirius XM Channel 82.